five quick divrei Torah on the parsha with Rabbi Gil, student of TorahMusings.com. Shoftim Tavshin Payalaf. Number one, when is the right time to give tzedakah? The parsha begins telling us we have to appoint judges to ensure that people follow all the halachas, the financial laws. Shoftim v'shoftim titen lecha, and then v'shoftu asam mishpat tzedek. They will judge the. The people, and two psukim later, the Torah tells us, "Sedek, Sedek, Tirdof." This is a very important message. Rav Rafal Akon from Hamburg, quoted in the Pinyan Mishulchan Gavoa, explains that the Torah is telling us the proper order of how to do things. First, we have to appoint judges and make sure that we all are following the financial laws, the halachas of money, and only then, once we're sure that the money that we have is kosher, only then can we give tzedakah. Because if you give tzedakah with stolen money, with money that's not yours, it's not a mitzvah, but it's an avera. He points out that Yeshaya Hanavi, really many Nevi'im say this, Yeshaya Hanavi says this in the, in the Haftorah that we read in the town of Sibor, Shimru Mishpat, and then Asud Tzedakah. Shimru Mishpat Vasud Tzedakah. First, you keep the laws, make sure that you're ensure, following all the halachas of money, and only then can you give Tzedakah. Because if you're not Shimru Mishpat, then you're not doing the midst of Tzedakah, you're actually doing an Avera, or you're in risk of doing an Avera of theft. Number two, who says we should be guarded? Parsha Shoftim begins by telling us that we have to appoint judges and watchmen guards over the community. But what's the connection between that and the previous Parsha and the things that come right before it? Rav Avigdor Nebensal in his Sichos and Sefer Dvarim number 13 points to the Rambam in Hilchos Yantiv Perikvav Halacha Chaf Aleph who says that a Bestin is obligated to appoint guards, watchmen, to walk around the community on Yantiv and make sure that men and women, boys and girls, are not engaging in improper behavior. The question is, where does the Rambam get it from? The Magad Mishnah suggests that he gets it from a Gemara in Kiddushin Pe'alaf Amad Aleph that says, Sakva Deshata Rigla, the weak point of the year uh, speaking in regards to men and women doing improper things, the weak point of the year is Yantiv. Fine, it tells us that the weak point of the year is Yantiv, but where does it say that the Bezdin is obligated to do something about it? So Ravavedir Nebensal suggests that it comes from the connection between the previous Parsha and Parsha Shoftim. Parsha's Re'e ends talking about the Yomim Tovim, Shamar Chodesh Haviv, Asisa Pesach, and so on and so on. Shalosh Pamim Bashanai Rechol Zechorcha, and so on. It talks about the Shalosh Regolim, the three Yomim Tovim. And then right after that, begins Parsha Shoftim, Shoftim Vishotrim Titen Lecha Bechol Shorecha. So says Rav Avigdor Nebensal, that's the connection between the previous Parsha and Shoftim, is that on the Yomim Tovim is specifically when we need to have Shoftim Vishotrim, and that is a source for the Rambam's ruling. Number three, why can't a woman testify? When discussing Edim Zomimim, witnesses who contradict each other, the Parsha says in Dvarim Yudtes Yudzain, V'amdu Hanashim, the two men, the two contradictory witnesses, stand up before the Bestin and they figure it out. So the Gemara in Shvuas, Lamed Amar Aleph, learns from this Pasuk, V'amdu Hanashim, the two men should stand up, that only men are valid to testify. Women's testimony in court is invalid. Some people see this as a sign of disrespect for women, that their testimony is invalid. Rav Yosef Dov Soloveitchik is quoted in Nefesh Harav in the back on Parsha Shoftim as saying that that's not the case. Even Melech HaMashiach, his testimony is invalid as well. But if that's the case, why? Why is a woman's testimony invalid? Rav Soloveitchik suggests that it's learned from another Pasuk in this week's Parsha. When talking about um, appointing a king, the Parsha says in Perik Yudzain, 
Pasuk Tezvav, Som Tasim Olech HaMelech, and the Gemara learns from there, Som Tasim Olech HaMelech, Shetehe Imas Olecha, that we have to constantly fear the king. Rashi in Shvuas, Lamed Aleph Lamed Aleph, learns from here that a king, can, is, his testimony is invalid because he cannot be called, he cannot be forced to testify before Bezdin. Because you can imagine that a, a Bezdin of three men, three rabbis, call the king and order him to come to them. He must stand before them and testify in a specific matter. Um, this would be disrespe- disrespectful, and the Torah requires Shetei Masolecha. Since the, t- the Bezdin can't force him to testify, says Rashi, even his voluntary testimony is invalid. Uh, a good aid, a good witness, must be uh, subject to forced testimony. And if, he can't, if he's not subject to forced testimony, his testimony is invalid. And that's why King's testimony is invalid. Rav Soloveitchik suggests that that might also be the case for women. Um, a woman should at least have the option to remain private in home, kol kavud basmelech pnima. So if she has that option, it means that she can't be forced to come to Bezdin and testify. And if she can't be forced to testify, just like a king, if she can't be forced to testify, then even voluntary testimony is invalid. Number four, how biased can you be? The Torah in Dvarim Tezayin Yates forbids a judge, a Dayan, from taking a bribe because a bribe will blind him. Chachamim will blind the eyes of a smart man, a Chacham, a scholar. However, in Shmos, in Parshas Mishpatim, Shmos Chav Gimelches, the Torah says that the bribe will yaver in a pikhim. It will blind the eyes of a wise man, a pikeach. Why does the Torah have two different languages on the same prohibition? One saying it will blind a chacham, the other saying it will blind a pikeach. The Vilnagon in his Kol Eliyahu explains that a dayan has to know two things in order to reach a verdict. A judge has to know the law and he has to know the facts. And in order to do that, he has to be a chacham in the Torah. He has to have a broad and deep knowledge of the Torah. He also has, has to be a pikeach. He has to be a wise man. He has to understand the ways of people, how they act, how they interact, how they represent themselves. So a, a, a dayan who takes a bribe is going to be biased in both areas. He'll be biased on the law. It'll blind him to the Torah aspect. It will, he will also be biased on fact, on how people interact. That is how bad a, a bribe is. That'll blind a judge to both the law and the facts. Number five, is there atonement for the deceased? When the elders of a city have to bring an egla, a rufa, they say the pasuk in Dvarim Chav Aleph Ches, Kaper L'Amcha Yisrael Asher Badisa Hashem. They ask Hashem to, to give kapara, to atone for, for his nation, Israel, that he redeemed. Who is this nation of Israel that he redeemed? Says the Gemara in Horeus Vavam Aleph that refers to the, to the people at the time of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The Jews who left Egypt are the ones that Hashem redeemed. And so the elders who are bringing this egla, a rufa, they ask for atonement for all the Jews alive, and all the Jews who once were alive going all the way back to the time of Moshe Rabbeinu who left Egypt. Sounds like there sounds like there can be a kapara for the deceased, an atonement for the deceased. However, the Gemara in Zvachim Tesamaral says if you bring a korban, you bring a sacrifice to the Besamigdash and you have in mind that it should be for someone who was deceased, that intent does not work because, uh, says the Gemara, in kapara lamesim. Someone who is dead cannot get kapara. So which is it? Can they get kapara or can they not get kapara? So then the Siv in his Amekanat Siv and Shovtim, Simon Samach Zain, explains that someone who is deceased, there is no theological reason why they cannot get 
merits and get atonement. Uh, for technical reasons, someone dead who is in the olam haba cannot do mitzvot and can, cannot get merit that way. But if their impact is felt in other ways, if their descendants, their students, some of the impacted does mitzvahs in this world, so that merit also goes on to those, the, the deceased. Similarly, if there is a way for them to get atonement, that will also work. Technically, someone who is dead cannot be the owner of a sacrifice. They cannot be baal on the sacrifice, so it can't be brought. However, through the Egla Rufa, the Zakanian, the elders, ask for kapara for the people alive and the people dead, and through that, they are able, the atonement can work even for the deceased. And similarly, when we say Kaddish or do mitzvahs or learn Torah on behalf of someone who has passed away, we can also bring them merit and bring them atonement.